thought in honor of Father's Day and we should honor Daddy, our Heavenly Daddy. Because you know what? He's the best daddy that there ever was. Isn't he the best daddy? You know, so I just wanted to honor him. And I wanted to maybe take a moment for us just to experience his love this morning. Um, don't you wish you could give God a gift? <laughs> you know, but all good gifts come from him. So even if you gave him something, it came from him first. You know, so it's like, Wow. But just having a heart just to bless our dad in heaven. So that's what I thought we'd talk about today. Um, Let's just look at some scriptures about um, the desire of God to have a relationship with us first and foremost as our father. So how many of you, how many of your fathers, just your natural fathers, have already gone to be with the Lord or are no longer here? Well, we, you know, we just honor them too today. Amen? We honor them today. But we're going to go to a, a scripture. First of all, I want to start in Ephesians 3. How many of you know fatherhood is God's idea? In, I'm going to start in... Um, verse 14. I'm in Ephesians 3, 14. It says, for this cause, I bow to my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is Paul. And he says, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified. It says, for this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow to my knees before the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. And then it's what it says in the Amplified. It says, the father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. So God is the source of all fathers. He is the father. It's like, you know how many we say the king of kings? Well, he's the father of fathers. Does that make sense? He is our father um, in heaven. Okay, let's go to 2 Corinthians 6.18. I just want to look at some. We might come back to, to that in a minute, but I just want to. What does the message say, Galen? It says, my response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I asked him to strengthen you by his spirit. Yes. Um, 2 Corinthians 6.18. I'm going to go there next. 2 Corinthians. Let's just look at some scriptures. 2 Corinthians 6.18. Okay, it says, um, we'll start in 17. It says, so come out from among them and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord, and touch not any unclean thing, and I will receive you kindly and treat you with favor. In verse 18, and I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Um, You know, God's original intent was to have a family. You know, the language of the kingdom that Jesus preached was all family language, you know. Um, And he would say, he would start to teach his disciples, even when he taught them to pray. He didn't say, pray to my father. He said, pray to our father. 
And, you know, think about it. We, 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 we don't probably take this as literal as we should, but when we say we're brothers and sisters, we really are brothers and sisters, you know, and, and sometimes we've exalted our natural families. I mean, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't love and care for and, you know, honor and esteem our natural families, but God's definition of family has to do with his family, right? Um, matter of fact, married couples, when we get to heaven, we're going to be like the angels, right? We're, we're not going to be married. It's until death do we part. And we're going to be like angels, neither marrying. And so the, the real family of heaven is centered around Papa, right? Um, I don't know about you and your walk with the Lord. I do this a lot in our weekends with Shalise, and obviously we talk about it in our Sozo training um, when we talk about the father ladder. But, you know, for years and years and years until I really got exposed to some of this teaching, I didn't realize that I was relating to one member of the Trinity more than the others. I was a Jesus freak. That's what I called it. You know, I mean, I was all about Jesus. I, I, you know, my encounters were with Jesus. My, my quiet time with the Lord, it was Jesus, 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 you know. Um, and I mean, I prayed. I was taught to pray to our Father in heaven in the name of Jesus. So I prayed to the Father. I didn't pray to Jesus because that's how I was taught to pray. Um, but I really didn't have an intimate relationship with God as Father. Um, for those of you that know my background, I'm adopted. I was adopted when I was three days old. I had three dads in the natural by the time I was three. Um, and the dad that I call dad now, um, we've had a rough road. <laughs> you know, I called him this morning before church and I'm so thankful for the restoration that God has done in my life. I could cry talking about it because it's totally supernatural. I mean, we went almost eight years without speaking. He wasn't, at, I was, I was married before and I, um, he didn't even, wasn't even invited to the first wedding. Um, I mean, I wasn't walking with God and I was a crazy girl that's out of my mind. But the, the, the point is, is that I've had quite a road with relationships with fathers. And um, it really wasn't until I came to the Lord and God really began to do a, a work of restoration in my life and, and taught me that the power of forgiveness and showed me my father from his perspective and really gave me an assignment to love my dad and healed me. I mean, he totally healed me to where it wasn't that my dad changed so much as much as I changed. And then through that, there's been a massive just transformation in our relationship and who he is. He's just, I mean, he's still an honorary cowboy, but I love him. And he would, he would take a bullet for me. You know, I mean, he's always been that. But my point is, is that, you know, my relationship with God as father has something that has evolved. It, it didn't start out that way. Now, for other people, um, it's very different. Um, matter of fact, I always say, if I took a poll in the room right now and said, how many of you, now some of you have been under this teaching and have been here at Prayer Mountain long enough that you've been set free from these constraints just like I have. But I, when I take the poll, I always ask you, before you were set free to fellowship with God in the fullness of the Godhead as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who did you primarily relate to? So if you were like me and you primarily related to Jesus, raise your hand. And I always say, look around the room because it's usually about a third, a third, and a third. And I think this is fascinating. 
Um, now, how many of you um, have, for you know, the large majority of your life, primarily related to God as Father? And yeah, okay. So again, about another third of the room. And then how many of you have primarily related to the Trinity as Holy Spirit? So you, you related primarily to Holy Spirit, okay? You, they're not raising their hands as tall, but, you know, it's usually about a third, a third, and third. And then there's the other people that don't raise their hands at all. So you're blessed too. Um, but the point is, is that whether we realize it or not, the member of the Trinity or the member of the Godhead or the person of God that we relate to has a lot to do with our family of origin. And it has a lot to do with the image that we have in our heart of fathers. Okay. Obviously it's pretty obvious to say that maybe your image of your dad in the natural might impact your image of God. Right. Um, we learn the attributes of what fatherhood is from our own upbringing. Okay. Well, the Holy Spirit, it tells us in the book of John that he's the comforter, right? It says that I won't leave you as orphans, but I'll send you another comforter, Jesus told his disciples. And so when he says he'll send you another comforter, the Holy Spirit embodies the female attributes of God as comforter, as teacher, as nurturer. You know, how many of you know there are female attributes in God? He created male and female in his image, and it took the full expression of Adam and Eve to be the image of God. Adam is not the image of God alone. It was the two of them. And so when we think about our relationship with the Holy Spirit, many times it is a reflection of our relationship with our mom. So if it was a great, close, nurturing relationship with our mom, then we typically can relate to Holy Spirit well. If it's not, then we sometimes have problems receiving the nurture and comfort of Holy Spirit. Um, And then Jesus is um, most relatable and most like how we relate to um, love interests, okay, or siblings, or peers, or co-workers. Um, you know, for me, I'll just share my own testimony. Uh, I had, because I had just such a turbulent relationship with my dad growing up, you know, I had boyfriends from the time I was, like, old enough to have a boyfriend. So, and I mean, I always had a boyfriend. So from the time that I was probably about 14 until, honestly, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit at the age of 33, there was not a time in my life that I did not have, I was not in a relationship. It wasn't until, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But that, it was, matter of fact, it was an idol in my life that I had to, to literally get healed from. It's the same issue as the woman that had the five husbands at the well. I really relate to that woman. You know, she had five husbands and the one she was with wasn't her husband. And then Jesus said, no, I'll give you living water. I'll, I'll fulfill that need. You'll never thirst again. That's really my testimony about how, and that's why I'm so, like, I'm, I was a Jesus freak. Because he, he finally fulfilled the love that I was searching for, you know? And um, that's just my own testimony and how I became a Jesus freak. <laughs> but, um, you know, over time, and, and, and as I began to get a revelation that, wow, God is my father. Like, he really wants to relate to me as dad. You know, I didn't even kind of really know where to start with that. And same with Holy Spirit. I, I read a book by Benny Hinn called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. If you haven't read that book, you know, no matter, I mean, some people criticize Benny Hinn, whatever. I think, you know, 
the ministry that he has, the mantle he's carried from Catherine Coleman is, is absolutely from God. Um, and I always honor um, who God honors. And he, whether you like him, agree with him or whatever, if you read the book, Good Morning Holy Spirit, it will give you insights into how he even has a ministry that he has. It's because of the intimacy that he walks in with Holy Spirit. And I never had been exposed prior to reading that book years ago to someone that had such an intimate relationship with Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, I was jealous when I read the book. I um, I remember weeping, and I was on the mission field in India, as a matter of fact, with Bill Winston. I was a ministry school student at Living Word, and um, I read that book. Matter of fact, it wasn't my book. I, somebody loaned it to me, and I wouldn't give it back to them. I literally wouldn't. They were like, I was like, no, I mean, you cannot. I mean, like, it just touched me so deep. I remember being in India and, like, going off by myself and literally, like, Elisha yelling up at the sky, where is the God of Benny Hinn? I mean, like, I was really impacted by that book because I wanted what he had so much. Um, I wanted a friend like the Holy Spirit. I wanted, I mean, he was a reject. He was made fun of. He was the only believer in his family. And the Holy Spirit would come to him, and he would spend hours in his room, and the Holy Spirit would open up the Bible, and he would be so full of the presence of God when he came out of the room. He would get in the cars with just unbelievers or friends, and they would begin to weep because of the presence of God that he was carrying. And, I mean, I, I still, like, I can feel the, pre- I mean, I could cry right now talking about it. Like, it is, it was transforming You know, the intimacy and the reality of the relationship that we can have with God, like it's not just stories that we can read in the Bible or that we we can go to church or we can do Christian things. I mean, you know, we can even pray for people, have a ministry, um, have all kinds of gifts. You know, but I'll go to the next scripture. In John 17, Jesus said that the real definition of eternal life is intimacy. It's knowing the Father and knowing His Son and knowing Holy Spirit. I mean, He came so that He could have a real relationship with us, not just, you know, a, like I said this, not a make-believe relationship. Like we're having a make... How many of you had invisible friends when you were kids? You know, but sometimes it can feel like that with God. Like you, He's our invisible friend. Like, are you really there or am I crazy? You know, am I... You know, you can start to think about it like that sometimes. But God wants to manifest himself to us. He doesn't just want us to walk around feeling like we've got some make-believe relationship with an invisible God, you know? I mean, honestly, that's one of the reasons why signs and wonders are so important because we are natural people. We do have five physical senses, and it's easy to fall into unbelief, and it's easy to just think we're like have a make-believe God. But signs and wonders are proofs. They are proofs that we aren't nuts, right? They are proofs that God is who he says he is, that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. And God, the way, by the way, signs and wonders are not optional when you preach the gospel. They, I mean, it was never, the gospel was never designed to be some kind of debate or some kind of theological discussion, some kind of philosophical discussion. It was meant to be demonstrated. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. And, I mean, it is a powerful kingdom with the most powerful God that ever was. And anyway, my point is, is signs and wonders are one way that we honestly experience God as real. But beyond signs and wonders, because honestly, that can become an idol if you let it. You can be all, you can be a power junkie. And, And a power junkie is not the answer either. Because it's really about him. 
And it's about his love. His love is so transforming. And his presence is real. And, and I, I, you know, I, I always, after I was spirit-filled, I never felt the presence of God my whole life. My whole life before I was 33 years old. I grew up in church, was there every single Sunday. Grew up in religion. Every single Sunday was there. I never felt the presence of God. I never had a tangible experience with God. I mean, I remember even my salvation experience was, was so guilt-ridden, you know, and I begged God to be saved because I was so aware of what a sinner I was at 10 years old, you know. I mean, just a horrible sinner going to hell. And I mean, I was really aware of it and begged for three days. Like, it was hard for me to get saved. And, and then all I remember is just like an assurance coming. I, but no, that was it. You know, so I, I, I believed, but it wasn't an experience. And I didn't even know that experience was, should even be part of my Christian walk. You know, I grew up in that, in those kinds of circles that said, you know, that's just emotionalism. You don't, you know, God, it's faith. It's, it's, you don't have to be, you don't need to be emotional. You believe in faith. And it was a very intellectual, legalistic way of, of relating to God. And no wonder at 14, I rebelled. No wonder, because it it wasn't, there there wasn't a loving relationship. Um, And you can read about the love of God. You can read stories about the love of God. You can hear testimonies about the love of God. You can look at other people having experiences with the love of God. And honestly, it just can serve to frustrate you. Because then you can start to have even the wrong attitude and think, well, what's wrong with me? Why can't I? Why am I not experiencing God? And as a matter of fact, we have, I have a dear friend who, and I'll, I'll just share a little bit more. You know, the first, the first, I, so when I got spirit filled, it was the first time I really began to hear the voice of God and began to be able to journal and have, you know, experiences with God. I remember I would go to breakfast and I would pretend that Jesus was with me and I would journal and have breakfast with Jesus. And I began to sleep with my Bible. I was so broken and I, but I began to experience God. Um, and even today, the ministry that I have today, it's not because I'm so whatever. It's really not me at all. But I, I believe with all of my heart that the most valuable thing that I have to give any other person or the most valuable thing even about me is my intimacy with God. And if that ever gets lost, I should stop what I'm doing. Because... Really, like Lori said, his presence and intimacy with him makes cleaning toilets fun. You know? And when you aren't in that place, and for me, because I was healed of manic depression, um, when I read Romans 8, and it talks about to be spiritually minded as life and peace and to be carnally minded as death, um, manic depression is that. Okay, you're, you're in a different non-spiritual way. It's like you're up and then you're down. All right, so it's like light and dark. It's compare and contrast. It's like you're happy one minute, you're, you know, totally suicidal the next. It's a roller coaster ride. And to me, that's like what being carnally minded is versus being spiritually minded. Or another way of saying it, it's like being in the flesh where you're just, totally under your own emotions and your own thoughts and your own junk versus 
aware of the presence of God, filled with Holy Spirit, just, you know, not, not in your own mind. You're just, you're in the other realm. And I didn't even know that living a lifestyle like that could be pursued or that it was actually normal, <laughs> that Jesus walked as one with his Father, meaning he walked in continual fellowship with his father, continual awareness of his presence, of his love. He endured those 40 days in the wilderness, not because he was just the son of God and he was just whatever. No, he, he was one with his father. He was strong because of his intimacy. He was, he was able to go the course and, and endure things because of his intimacy. And, um, so the first the reason I just want to say this is because there's more for us. No matter how intimate you've been up to this day, no matter how much you know God is Father, you know God is Mother and Holy Spirit, or you know God, you know, as the Son and Jesus, as husband, as brother, as, as, as friend, or whatever role you need him to be. <laughs> Amen? God is all those roles. I mean, there's not a role that he doesn't want to play. And by the way, he plays it better than any human being. You know what? Every person in this room, if we hang out long enough, we're going to let each other down. There's not a person in this room that is going to manifest perfect love. I mean, I'm not prophesying that over you. I just have been around people long enough and been around myself long enough. You know, I mean, I I can't put it on you and then have a different standard for myself. I'm just saying I'm not always loving. I have really crappy moments. You can ask my husband. You know, I mean, I am, I am growing in love as I receive love, as I'm loved. I'm, I get healed and I'm able to heal, be, love other people better. And that's why even in this family, you know, we, I, I say the reason we focus on family, and I'll tell you, for some of us that come from crazy families, it's always when you hear that word, it's not always like, oh, I want to be a part of a family. You're thinking, oh God, I don't want to be part of a family. I already, I've had enough of family. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but it's a revelation of not, not just, it, it's, it's a family of heaven. It, it's, it's, it's a family as God defined it, not the family we've experienced. And um, I was making a point. I just lost my train of thought. Can someone help me? Yeah, it was before I kind of went on that rabbit trail. Does anybody know what I'm saying? Okay, well, if not, it's no big deal. Um, Oh, I, I think it just has to do with experiencing the love of God. Um, it's really not optional. You know, it, we really have to re, we have to experience it. And you know what? There are things that you and I can do to kind of like a diving board helps you jump into the pool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, the pool is still going to get you wet and all that. But there are things that we can do to enter into the place of experience with God. And I didn't know this. I wasn't taught. I wasn't taught that, you know what, you, and you can get through practice to the place where it gets really easy. You know, it, it, um, and, and so I just thought today we would just talk a little bit about that. And, and Everybody that is experiencing, oh, I know what I was going to share, is experiencing God wasn't probably always like that. Can I get an amen from that? Amen. We didn't probably start out with an experiential relationship with God. We, we probably did start out with kind of a dry relationship with God. For me, 
a real increase in my ability to experience God came when I visited Bethel Church in Redding, California. And that's where Lori's headed. And, you know, we have a a connection with them through our affiliation with Global Legacy, um, which is their network of revival-minded churches and ministries. And then we also, you know, as you know, we invite people regularly out from Bethel to speak at our encounter weekends. And we've attended conferences there. And we have a, I mean, I honor that connection and I, I'm so thankful for that connection. Um, Because, you know, when I went there, I, I really had a supernatural ministry. I had very much an intimate walk with God, but there was a whole nother level of experiencing God that came, um, through my experience there. Now, I'll say this, I didn't have a grid for it before I went to that church. You know, I really wasn't a part of like the Toronto revival, if, you, if you're familiar with that, and the outpouring of the Father's love. And I just wasn't, I wasn't that familiar with revival history, honestly. Um, and But when I went there, you know, I saw people experiencing the manifest presence of God in ways that I had never really experienced the manifest presence of God And how many of you know what I'm talking about when I say the manifest presence of God, right? The tangible presence of God that when it comes, you're affected. Some people cry, some people laugh, some people shake, some people fall down, some people, I mean, they, you you know, whatever they do. I mean, they do all kinds of things because you're impacted. You're impacted by the, the, the actual tangible presence of God, and it's real. And so I'd never been in a place, number one, who esteemed the manifest presence of God, like that body of believers, where their whole, everything was revolving around the presence, the manifest presence of God and an esteem for that. And so as a result, you have thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are um, not only esteeming the presence of God, but practicing a lifestyle of intimacy and communion and, and practicing the presence um, now I say that to say <laughs> it, t- it, it gave me kind of like Benny Hinn's book, what was possible. You know, it opened up the door of, oh, wow, Benny Hinn has this kind of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And how many of you know God's not a respecter of people? So when I yelled, where's the God of Benny Hinn? That was a valid question. You know what I'm saying? And hunger will be filled, will be, will, will be filled, right? Matter of fact, one of the best prayers that we can pray is God, just, just make me hungry for you. Give me a hunger for you. Hunger for more of your presence. I mean, it's grace that you even can be hungry. You know what I mean? Just make me more hungry for your presence. Make it so that I just am not satisfied. Because, you know, there's a book by um, Andrew Womack. He says it's called Staying Full of God. It's a great book. And he says you're as full of God as you want to be. You're as intimate with Christ. You're as intimate with the Father as you want to be. And so it's because, you know, draw close to God. He'll draw close to you. It's, he's here. He's ready. He's willing. He, his love is always turned on. But how aware of it are we? How hungry are we for it? And how, how willing are we to settle for something less than an experiential relationship with God? Does that make sense? Um, you know, that's why we have people come into our counter weekends like Mark Verkler, who train us how to hear the voice of God, who come in like Gary Oates, who train us how to see into the spirit realm and have confidence and learn to mature in that. So we're not flaky, but that we, we, we are mature in our ability to discern 
good and evil and operate in the realm of the spirit because that's where God lives. And that's where we were born to, we're born to navigate that realm just like we are this realm. So I wanted to read this scripture in John 17 because I think this is, um, I just think this is such a beautiful scripture. Um, and, and, and I always, sometimes before I read this scripture, you don't have to turn there with me, but, um, you know, I like to, to just quote, John 3.16, before I do this, because we all know John 3.16, it's like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. And, you know, I don't know about you, but when I first heard that scripture, it was like God came so you could go to heaven. You know, eternal life was about going to heaven when you died. I mean, that's how the gospel was preached to me. You, you, You get saved so you don't go to hell. And then you go to heaven after you die. It didn't have a whole lot of applicability in this life except for a bunch of rules to follow. So you didn't make God mad. Um, but John 17 has, a, to me, paints such a, a, a glorious picture of what real eternal life is. And the truth that it doesn't happen after you die. It, that it happens the moment you get born again. That eternal life starts right that minute. And it says this, and this is life eternal. Um that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And the Amplified, it says this, and this is eternal life. It means to know, to perceive, listen, to perceive, to recognize, to become acquainted with, and to understand you, which is Father, the only true and real God, and likewise to know him, Jesus, as the Christ and the Messiah whom you sent. So eternal life is... The word to know there, by the way, is not just like, you know, we know Oprah Winfrey because she's on television. It's, it's an intimate knowledge. It's an, it's an intimate personal knowledge, right? And it means your intimate personal knowledge, not my intimate personal knowledge, your own personal intimate knowledge. I'm going to read just a couple more scriptures just to, to share with you that, that, that the Lord wants to manifest himself to you. Okay, John, um, let me look here. Let's go to John, I'm in John 17 right now. Uh, Let's go to John 16 and verse 7. And this is the scripture when Jesus is saying, I have to go away so that Holy Spirit can come. And in John 7, he says, however, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expedient, and advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter will not come to you. And here's what it says, into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Um, and it's what he says. I just want to go one. So he's, he's saying he's going, you know, that God wants to be in close fellowship with us. And then I want, I'm also going to read in John 14, 21. He says, the person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love him and will show, listen to this, reveal, manifest myself to him. And the Amplified, it says this, I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. That's what the word manifest presence is all about. It's about being able to clearly see the Lord and for him making himself real to you. So it's kind of coming out of the make-believe realm into the experiential realm. 
and I say the Magdalene, the realm of faith and to the realm of experience. And Christianity is not one or the other, it's both. It's not just the Christian faith, it's also the Christian experience. You know, when I talk to people, I love, to, I love the lost. I love, matter of fact, sometimes, um, I'm not going to say it. Anyway, I love the lost. And I like to um, purposely seek them out, like in ways like having them do services for me. I mean, if I can choose, you know, just to, to do things with them. And, um, you know, when I talk with them, I, I never come with some kind of scriptural thing. Never. Never. Again, my experience with God is what moves people. It's never my knowledge of scripture. It's never my theological, theoretical, you know, it's never that. It's they know that something's different. And that just like the religious people of of, of the apostles' day said, they knew they had been with Jesus. You know, in that place of intimacy where you where you cultivate hearing his voice, well, you know what? Words of knowledge and and prophetic words and things like that, it just become they just begin to flow. They flow because you've already been hearing his voice all day. They flow because you took time to just acknowledge his presence. Like Galen says, get in his man cave and lean back in his you know, his lazy boy and enter into that place of oneness with Jesus. I mean, it doesn't take long to be still and acknowledge that who he is. Um, but as you do this, as you practice this, it, it becomes easier and easier. I also firmly believe in impartation. Um, you know, a lot of what I'm experiencing today has been caught, right? It's like a, like a, it's contagious. So the more that you hang around other people that are walking in intimacy and walking in the manifest presence, the more it, the more you get it. I remember I went to this one retreat with an apostle lady. She was like in her 80s. This woman, I've never known anyone that, I mean, literally, I kept expecting to go and see her dinner table set for Jesus and him actually be there. I mean, she was so intimate with God. She had outlived like three husbands. And, you know, you'd go to this retreat center. You didn't wear shoes in this place. You took your shoes off before you went in. And, I mean, the manifest presence was so thick in this place. I I had dreams in this place. I had encounters with God in this place. Matter of fact, my first visions, my first encounters with God happened in this ministry. And her name is Dr. Um, Dr. Uh, Purnell Hewing. She's probably still up in, in uh, she's in uh, Wisconsin. And, um, but I... Never had experiences with God like that before. But you know what? That was caught. That was totally caught. I just went into the atmosphere. I just stepped into her domain. I just stepped into where she was. And the next thing you know, I'm driving home from the retreat, having visions of Jesus with me as a little girl hiding behind a rock. I mean, I was never the same. My experiences with God just went off the chain after that. And I'll just say this. That's this place. That's this room, the encounter room. And it's here for you. It's here so that you can experience God and get transformed in his presence so that your relationship with God is never the same. Um, so positioning yourself for that, being here, is one way to position yourself for that. Secondly, just acknowledging that it exists and asking for it. 
is another way to position yourself for that. Just by saying, and people say, oh, it's not a scriptural prayer to pray for more of God. And I get that. I mean, God's a person. He's not parceled out and stuck in like a piece of him is inside of me. And I'm asking for another piece of him. But you can have more experience. Okay, so when you're asking for more, you're not asking for more of the person of God. In my opinion, you're asking, God, I want more experiences with you. I want more revelation about who you are. I want to experience your love greater and greater ways. I want to see more of your face and your visage. I want to know what heaven's more like. I want to see your heart. I want to know what it's like to be you. I want to know what makes you passionate. What makes your, what were you thinking when you created a tree? I mean, what is in that mind of yours, by the way? Like, how can you see people the way that you see them? How, how do you do that? And can you teach me to do that? And can you show me to do that? And you, you just be going this journey. There's a million questions. There's a million questions. If you just stop and start thinking about like what kind of questions you'd like to ask, it's just an open book. And he's just, you know, take a walk, take a walk and, and just look at grass. I mean, have you checked out the grass? It's cra- It's like, wow, you know, pick up a flower, look at dirt. It's, it's, it grows stuff. I mean, dirt is ridiculous. You put a fence post in there, it'll try to grow it. I mean, you know, it's just, it's supernatural. I don't get it. I mean, God is fascinating. You know? And so they're, they're just, it's just inexhaustible the ways that we can seek and search out experiences with him. Amen? Good. So I wanted to specifically this week... I wanted to lead you in a prayer this morning, and I wanted to just specifically this week go after more experiences with God as Father. Okay, now for you that already are experiencing God as Father, that's probably going to be no big deal. But, but for those of us that haven't experienced God as Father, I know for me, I mean, the first time I saw the Father's face, I still can't get over it. I mean, I'll never recover from that vision uh, it was the kindest face. I don't even know how you can put kindness in a face, but it had it. It was the kindest, gentlest face I've ever seen. And I was totally undone by it and never the same. And I can trust God in ways that I never could trust him before. I, and it was just a look. It was just a, a, a picture. I mean, I, how can this, an experience like that have that kind of effect on you? I don't know, but they do. Encounters with God. I mean, knocked Paul off a horse. Next thing you know, he can't went from killing the people to saving the people. You know, I mean, encounters with God. Moses saw the bush. Next thing you know, I mean, like, you are not the same. That's how you know it's authentic, right? You know, people are like, well, that's, I don't believe that. Well, you know what? You didn't know me before. Because if you did, you would know it was authentic. Because I'm not the same. You know? So we're just going to ask today. We're going to ask to meet Papa. We're also, and I mean, I don't, I, I don't mean this in any way. I, I want to honor dads today. I want to honor them. As a matter of fact, we're going to pray for you guys. I mean, thank you. I can't thank you enough for the sacrifices that you've made. I mean, honestly, I can't thank Brian enough for the sacrifices he's made for our family as a father and the provider and the things that he's done for our family. Like there's not words, there's not ways to thank him. I mean, a card seems silly, honestly. You know, matter of fact, I had what even write in it. I thought about what to write. I mean, how do you, what do you write that, that, that expresses the thanks that you have towards your dads and your husbands and the men in our life that have been spent so much? Um, 
But I also want to take a moment, because I felt like the Lord led me to do this today, is that we need to also just take a moment and just forgive our dads. You know, one of the things that I learned about my dad when I was going through that process with him is that he did the best he could with what he knew, with the upbringing that he'd had. And he didn't have a lot of advantages. He he had a fourth grade education. I mean, I can't even imagine if I'd walked through. I don't think I could have walked through his shoes, honestly. And that perspective has changed my life. And a lot of times we can be so critical of our dads. And it's not easy to forgive sometimes because there are real hurts and real things that have happened. And, and they're real. And there's trauma there. And I get it. I mean, I remember going back to my dad and God had called me to be there. And I mean, I couldn't. I felt like a nutcase in the house. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I just can't be here. Every, like, things from my childhood started coming back and flooding back. And I mean, I was just, I, I mean, I wanted to run out of, the, out of the house screaming. And I went into the bathroom, and I was like, God, I know. I mean, I was looking in the Bible for a way out. And, you know, I get the, I, I just was like, Lord, I know I'm supposed to be here, but th- I can't do this like this. And, I mean, in an instant, he came in that bathroom, and I got totally healed of that stuff. But you know what? I was willing. I was willing to be like, I, you know, I knew there was something was wrong. But, you know, when you get healed of that stuff, it's gone. And I didn't feel the same way about my dad anymore. Matter of fact, when he cussed, I laughed instead of getting offended. You know what I mean? Like, I just didn't feel the same. It was supernatural. So it's not like, it's not like forgiveness needs to be something that, it, it's just a willingness. It's a willingness to trust the Lord that, you know, you, that my testimony can be your testimony. <laughs> that you can just supernaturally just be healed of all of that. And the reason I feel like we want to go through this today, just briefly, is because whether you know it or not, it's hindering your ability to receive from Father, God. And by the way, if this was Mother's Day, you know, we'd have to forgive our moms. It's not just about dads. It's, it's, we have to forgive everybody. <laughs> Amen. We live in a fallen world. And how many of you need forgiveness? Me, right? So we can forgive. And I'll say this as we do that this morning. The Lord's just showing me it's really going to open up the door for you guys. So really, he wants to reveal himself to you so bad. I mean, the Father's heart for you is so overwhelming. And he wants to father you. He wants to father you like you've never been fathered. Like you've never, ever experienced fathering. He wants to eradicate every trace of any orphan stuff, any, any, any fears, any, any wounds, any, he wants to come and he wants to just totally, he wants to comfort, he wants to encourage, and he wants to just love you, hold you, heal you. And I just, let's just do this. Let's just say, Father, (laughs) we ask you for grace to forgive just our earthly fathers, spiritual fathers, men that we looked up to as fathers. We honor them today on this Father's Day. You honor them, God. And so, Lord, we just forgive them of anything in any ways that they might have let us down or hurt us or wounded us. 
and we release them to you and to your perfect love and your perfect wisdom. Now, Father, we want to know you as Father. We want to know you as Abba. We want to know your heart. We want to see your face. We want to experience your love in a real way, not a make-believe way, in a real way. We invite you into our lives, into every area of our life, into every area of our emotional makeup. Whoa. Into any area of our life where you want to come. We give you permission to father us. In Jesus' name. Now, what I want us to take just a moment to do, and I know it's just a little bit late, but I think it's worth it. Let's just take a, a let's just take a moment and let's just write a letter to the Lord that just pours out your heart to Him. And what we're going to do is we're going to write out a letter to Him, just expressing your desire to know Him as Daddy, and then you're going to ask Him to give Him a revelation of your love, of His love for you. And just write down what he has to say to you. I know we could do this for hours, which is kind of why I wanted to make it the homework assignment for this week. And I pray that you will do it for hours this week. Um, matter of fact, I'm going to pray. Um, you know, and I want you to, to recognize that when I pray these prayers, they're not just whatever little prayers. You know, when I release dreams and encounters and things like that. They happen, okay? Like, you know, this is not this is not me, Shalise, just thinking of stuff, you know? Um, last week, we had, I wish we had time for testimonies. We got to get our time. We got to do a better job of managing our time. I got to do a better job managing my time because there's so much going on. I mean, if I ask for testimonies from last week of angels, I mean, I know people in my house had angels this week. So, I, you know, Galen had angelic encounters. Catherine had angelic. I mean, so angelic encounters happened. Friday night, we prayed for dreams and encounters when people slept. They came back Saturday. Half the room read, raised their hand. They had dreams or, you know, I mean, so this, this, is, this is real. So I, I'm going to pray for you to have encounters with Father this week. And I just, you know, I'm just getting wrecked up here because God is so thankful. And he's just been thanking me and 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 thanking me this whole time. Because he's so hungry for this for you. And he's just thanking me for just doing this thing. I mean, that's the heart of God. Just, I mean, it's almost like a like a weeping thank you. <laughs> it's reminding me of like those movies where like your kids are kids are kidnapped or something and then you know the police go and find them or something and then the thankfulness of the father that this is like overwhelming thanking thanking the authorities for you know reconnecting him with their kids. And that's that's the overwhelming encounter that I'm having right now it has to do with his thankfulness for being able to talk to you
Oh, that's awesome. What a loving father we have. <laughs> My goodness. That, that picture of the prodigal son and that dad, I mean, we just don't have an idea, you guys. We have no idea what kind of daddy we have. But you know what, Papa? You've opened up the door. And you've made the request. And we are, we are ready. We want to know more. And we need your grace, Lord, to stay in this place. We need your grace to, like, hunger it and to, like, not get busy and not just allow the, the, just this world to just be the foremost things in our mind. We need, we want to know you, and we need you to make it, like, real. The desire inside of us, you have to make it real. You have to cause it. And so, Lord, I just release the desire to know you in every single one of us. In Jesus' name, I just declare, Lord, that there's just a heat and a fire that's burning in us that we are not going to we're not going to settle for counterfeits and things that soothe our conscience and other things that slum put us to sleep god we're not going to just we're not going to get so busy that we can't make time for you we give you permission to interrupt our day interrupt our schedules interrupt our plans and our agendas to slow us down and you know even just be a part of our day when we drive down the pass and Lord, we just open up our eyes in Jesus' name and our awareness to your love. And Father, we just release encounters. I release encounters with you this week, Lord, in this encounter room. I just release extraordinary encounters. I release extraordinary encounters in worship this week, Lord, when people are in their homes, when people are here in this encounter room, just wherever they are, Lord, I just release extraordinary encounters in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Papa. And we say happy Father's Day, Dad. Help us honor our natural dads and our spiritual dads today. Amen? All right, the last thing I want to do, goodness gracious, I'm sorry. Hope you're okay with this. Amen? I don't know any other way to be. Um, I just want to call all the guys up, and we want to pray a blessing over you. We want to speak a blessing over you. Now, you don't have to be a dad in the natural, because you know what? You're a dad in the spirit. You're a brother, and you are awesome. So all the guys, if you're a guy, come on up. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. Come on up. All the guys, spiritual dads, amazing, mighty guys. All right. Praise God. Awesome. I, I, hey, man, we have a little, we have a little something from, yeah, you sure can. We just got something small, nothing, you know, just something small for you. Awesome. Praise God. Yeah. Cheryl, why don't you come up and pray? Thank you, Lord God, for these young, virile, (laughs) good-looking, handsome, massive, 
beautiful, strong yes, warriors. Thank you. Warrior. Warrior. I call you. You are warrior. You are a king. You're a warrior. You're a king. And you're a warrior. Right now, as you walk, you are honored. Each step that you take in this world right now, you are honored and blessed and highly favored. God has created amazing journeys for each one of you. Dream. Know that Father loves you so much. Father loves you. You have you have a blessing over your life, Mike. A blessing over your life. Each one. He's created you from the very beginning. You. Wow. You have a mighty strength on you. Mighty. Mighty strength that you carry. Ask the Father, what is this of me that you have inside me? You, O prophet, O king, blessed are you in everything that you do. Your hands bring wealth. You, you are frolic and joy. You are peace. You bring love. You have such love for those that you talk to and speak with. Father is with you, touches hearts that no one else can do. Such a ready. You get ready, mister. You get ready because it's big. You get ready, young man, and get excited because there's much on your shoulders. But God will take you right through it. And this guy right here is going along with you. He is joy. He brings joy. And he brings love. And he is mighty. You, O king (laughs) and warrior, Daddy's heart, he's shown you his heart, so you give much to many. Thank you over the enemy, and you break all of his wiles, and you call it done, in Jesus' name. Oh, precious are you. Dear one, been with you for a long time. He loves you. Know this. He loves you so much. And at night, when you're sleeping, ask him to show you his dream and his love for you. Kindness. you, mighty warrior.
valor. Valor very close to king. Protector. Mighty protector. And a prophet. And I thank you for him in Jesus' name. I just want to say, first of all, I'm going to tell you what a um, humbling honor it is to have all of you in my life and be here today. It is amazing. Um, you are picked, hand-picked, hand-picked. Wow. And I see that you are leading a great force in the earth. You are leaders. Everyone up here is a leader. And I just release them, Father, into those areas of, of influence that you have called them to lead. Father, I just call the people that you've called them to lead alongside them right now in the name of Jesus. I just call the assembly behind them that they are called to lead in the name of Jesus. I just thank you, Father, that angels are bringing them and that they are getting into position, Father, to lead whoa, with your heart. Thank you, Father, for the tests and trials that they have or, that they have um, just endured. I feel like there's been so much that there's been different areas that you guys have endured. But I thank you, Lord, that that's the very thing that you're shaping into the weapon that they carry. They have a weapon that is formed through, through opposition and a, a weapon that has been formed through experiences, God. And I thank you that they are fathering this generation. We bless them, Lord. We just bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, okay, we're going to dismiss. Praise God. Yes. Um, we're going to call up the prayer team. So if anybody needs prayer, um, the prayer team can come on up. We're going to stay here for a little bit. And we can pray for the sick, pray for whatever needs you may have. Um, after we're done here, we're going to ask you to go get the kids immediately. I don't even know how they're not already back in here because we were running so late. And then... Um, are we going to just, we, we might need some help with some teardown today. Who's doing teardown today? Uh, Jay is okay, and Chris. Okay. I think we're going to try to leave some of the chairs in. So maybe we could just chat before you guys do that. Okay. Am I missing anything else? All right. Well, you know what? You're blessed. You're going to have powerful encounters with Papa God this week. We just agree. Do we see agree? We say yes and amen. All right. Have a good day, all you daddies.